Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Volrath Feed. I'm Rich Rupp, your podcast host, product trainer, and chef here at the Volrath Company. And as always, in tandem, bringing you the show today with my co-host and our digital media expert and specialist. <laughs> Did I build you up enough there? <laughs> Justin yeah. Pearson. Hey, Justin. How's hey. it going? Just kind of, kind of unrealistic standards you're putting <laughs> no, me up here. No, no, no. I was. I always feel like I, I you know, you're well, your I, man. I, I, well, I need to start doing some intros then, where I can I can start putting you up on a pedestal and be like, Chef no, Rich, legendary, no, no. <laughs> master of, uh-uh. of the kitchen. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, you're, but really, you're... what you do, what you do is not everyone can do. And, and yeah, the the food side of things, but but you as a corporate trainer, the amount of product knowledge that you are required to have is is staggering. I mean, and, and then not only that, but you have to break it down and deliver it so that it's digestible again across a wide spectrum of, of people everyone from salespeople to somebody like me you know I, i've been through your training course and it's very insightful i i saw how long it was supposed to be it's like oh there's three hours and that's the short one <laughs> but that's the new i was like oh my, yeah yeah and i was like oh my gosh this is going to be uh, an ordeal, but no, it was it was. I was engaged the entire time because of the way that you you package and deliver it all. So, really, well, you guess, deserve the applause here, <laughs> sir. <laughs> I guess maybe what we should say is that uh, when you, when you're in a job that seems to kind of fit your interests and and things that you you do, then uh, maybe it, it works out right. So, I think um, for me, all that stuff kind of comes naturally. Like people will talk about maybe my style or again, like the product knowledge, and it just. It just is interesting to me, so it comes naturally, and I'm I'm guessing digital stuff like this comes to you easily, mm-hmm. and you enjoy it, so it all works well, out, that's, right? That's true. Yeah, it boils down to that that level of interest and passion for for your craft, and right, you know, I I agree. Well, and speaking of interest and passion for a craft, what a what a great way to start leading into our guest. Uh, at least introduce like our I guest. Planned that? <laughs> yeah, no, he didn't though. That was the cool part. <laughs> Um, our guest today, uh, Kelly Anderson, she is the CEO of Fresh Meals on Wheels here in Sheboygan, our hometown in Sheboygan, Wisconsin. And if you meet Kelly, you talk about a person with passion, someone mm-hmm. who is 100% go, go, go on all the time and constantly advocating for Fresh Meals on Wheels and the clients that she serves here in Sheboygan County. It is a yeah. tremendous thing to watch this organization operate here in Sheboygan. And it's it's recognized nationally as one of the leaders. And I hope she talks about that a little bit more, about what they have been recognized for on a national level. It, it's pretty impressive. It really is. So yeah. talking about passion and, and someone who's really doing what they were born to do, we've got mm-hmm. it today. Really, nonprofit organizations, they need champions like that to be successful. Otherwise, they just kind of status quo, flounder, you know, and and they don't set the bar very high for themselves. And you kind of just run into this this flat, stagnant delivery of services. But uh, even just from the title, Fresh Meals on Wheels, you know, Mm -hmm. that's new to me. And, you know, I've learned a little bit from researching on the front end of this one. I I always had the misconceptions that Meals on Wheels was – what it was it to me it had uh, maybe a negative stereotype of just yeah people are doing good things delivering food but maybe it was just not the best quality or it was just something that was stuffed into a tinfoil dinner and th- there you go and but it is not that at all well um, this it, is it, this it, is so much more 
I think it can be. In, sure. And it's it's still going to be uh, good quality, uh, sustainable food. It's just when you take it to the next level, as Sheboygan area meals on fresh meals on wheels does. Right. Right. Um, it becomes really impressive. And beyond that, they do. You know, when they when they go to someone's home to deliver the meal, there's a lot of interaction that goes on there. There's an evaluation, kind of a quick check. Uh, wellness checks, you know, how are things doing, how are you doing today? And if they see somebody's off a little bit, you know, they've, they've got to, they'll report that in and someone will follow up with that person. There's uh, a lot of things that these people cue in on when you get to know someone regularly bringing their meals and all of a sudden one day something's not right and mm-hmm. you, you can catch things. And it's just observations like that, that um, go well beyond the delivery of food. Yeah. So Well, but it makes sense to have those additional kind of uh, social contact safety net features mm-hmm. built into food because that's what food's about. We gather around food. We, we have conversations around food. So to me, it, it makes perfect sense to to have those built in to the delivery of, of these meals. Mm-hmm. And I also like the fact that they are really into sourcing locally, you know, fruits and vegetables as much as possible. And really the amount of community support that rallies around this and you know with no small credit due to to kelly i'm sure she's uh, quite the advocate for all right for the program you know she she'll talk about like harvest time and mm. you'll be sitting around and all of a sudden you'll get a i don't know 2500 pounds of carrots it's just <laughs> like okay now what are we gonna do with 2500 pounds of carrots but she told me uh, a story that farmers have a i don't know if it's a saying or a belief i guess more so that you give back and they mm-hmm. will take a percentage of their crop and give it back locally because that's giving them, you know, the good aura, good things about the oh, next year's yeah. crop. So they, sure. they often are very, very generous. And the only problem she has is again, quite frankly, what do you do with 2,500 pounds of carrots on a <laughs> single shipment? Right. So she does have those kinds of things that are fun problems to work through, but certainly a, a very generous community as well. Sheboygan, we're blessed with that. And um, the people here, the, the service this, again, Meals on Wheels provides is, is really exceptional, I feel. I, I've seen it firsthand. I've been involved with the organization a little bit. I've delivered meals. And uh, it's, it's really pretty, pretty cool stuff. Another great thing about it is it provides opportunities for service for just about anybody. Anybody can reach out and mm-hmm. they can take part. And, and that's what's so great about service is... Yeah, it helps out the community, and you're helping other people out in need. But at, at the end end of the day, it it really just makes you feel good too. Mm-hmm. It benefits everybody. You know, around the holidays, people tend to get more generous and they think about it. But this is an organization that's all year long. It's mm-hmm. they've got that generous attitude all year long. You know, we just come through the holiday season, and it, it's easy for people to kind of I don't know, I want to say forget, but just not be in the same mood. Of giving, but then this organization mm-hmm. makes sure that we don't let people go without this without this service. So yeah, really yeah, good. I'd be willing to bet that January February is probably a time when places need the most help, right? You know, uh, or at least additional help because I, I bet a lot of people are burnt out after the holiday season. And maybe that's the key: you got to pace yourself with your service, spread it out <laughs> throughout the entire year, and not just try and cram it all in at the mm-hmm. end. You know, <laughs> right. All right. Well, uh, what do you think? We should uh, bring Kelly on at this time and 
find out. Uh, actually, I, I'm in the the camp of we're going to bring Kelly on and we're going to let her. I bet she's just going to she's just going to go. She's that kind of person. So we'll yeah, see how it goes. Just, but just let it go, and and we can just sit back and enjoy. <laughs> so everyone, welcome, please, Kelly Anderson, the CEO of Fresh Meals on Wheels here in Sheboygan County. Kelly, welcome to the Volrath feed. Thank you so much. I'm delighted to be here today, Rich. Oh, it's a pleasure having you. I, we we've talked a lot about uh, you and the and the, the program on the front end of the show, and um, I, I know your passion. I, I I think you were one of those people that uh, found your niche and the things you really like to do. And you know, one of the first things I I was always thinking of what would I ask in this is that where did that come to you, or when did you know that that you had this passion for helping people in this way. Is this something that happened all your life? Have you always been this way? Or was there a point in time where this just became kind of your thing? I think I was raised to help people. My family didn't have a lot of money, but my parents still made sure, um, especially during the 70s when there were a lot of layoffs and things of uh, people in our neighborhood. I remember my parents sneaking bags of food to people's porches and ding-dong ditch it sort of thing. It was important, even though we didn't have a lot, that we helped other people. That's always been stuck in my head, always. And I think you told me a story once about the farmers in the area, and there's a, a thing about giving back the part of the crop, right? Absolutely. If you uh, read the Bible, it will tell you that um, we are all supposed to give a portion of our crop back, give, give a portion of your harvest back to others. And um, that's really been interesting here to see as we went to fresh Meals on Wheels from the old old style Meals on Wheels and farmers started donating food. We didn't do a large uh, media blitz, no huge campaign, and farmers just came to us. And so often they did reference the Bible and said, you know, this is my portion. I'm, I'm tithing a portion of my field to you. And the way they did that, they'd say, you know, I've got two rows set aside for you, or um, here's a portion of the crops, or here's one truckload or half, whatever, how many bushels or whatever. And it was, it was eye-opening. It wasn't expected, but it was um, such a beautiful thing. And, and that came about very organically. We, we just sat and gave prayers of thanks, really, because holy yeah. cow. How wonderful. I talk about that in the front of the show, too. Like, you'll all of a sudden get a call one day, and the guy says, I've got 2,500 pounds of carrots. <laughs> no. yeah. I mean, that's a real story, isn't it? Yeah. Actually, it was like 4,000 pounds. And at the time, we had just moved into our facility, and only our offices were open. And our kitchen wasn't quite done with construction yet, and our freezers and coolers and all of that. And somebody called and said, well it's time for me to give back and I have 4,000 pounds of carrots and these carrots were massive. I mean, they're like my forearm and it was like, well, you know, we could build a garage out of them. This is, there's so many carrots and we didn't want to say no because we are not the kind of people who say no. We said, yes, thank you. What a blessing. We figured it out, but it was just, I, it was, it was overwhelming. It was our first uh, entree to fresh food and it was, it was something else. Yeah. You always find a way. So tenacity then has always been a part of uh, you as well. You just find a way. You find a way to deal with what comes your way. and You know, we, we've talked about this before, but I would say when we first um, moved into this facility, I was exhausted from reaching out and grabbing all the blessings that came our way. We were just overwhelmed with generosity. And the, probably the biggest initial piece was from Valrath. Um, it was Mary Kohler giving us the Valrath catalog for Christmas um, before we even had our facility locked down. And I have never worked in a commercial kitchen in my life. 
if you haven't seen, if somebody hasn't seen the Volrath um, catalog, it's, it would be a good thing to hold on to in a hurricane because you're not going to blow away. The thing is huge. <laughs> it's massive. And I had, I don't know, I had like 12 hours or something to pick whatever we would need for our kitchen from that catalog. And it was like, well, I have some of these things. I really like this blue stuff. Can we have some? I, mean, I really had no idea. So I called a whole bunch of people, including you, Rich, and you were yes. really kind to help me. Well, you're going to need like pans and counters and oh, yes. things. But we we learned to deal with um, those blessings as well as possible and to just say yes. And, and our community is, is we, we are very lucky to have um, the generous people that we have in our community. We really are. But our community is very lucky to have Fresh Meals on Wheels. That is a program I've talked about a little bit on the front of the show. And when did it change from the standard Meals on Wheels to the fresh? Ten years ago. We are... We have been around since 1970, but we went fresh 10 years ago. The program was excellent prior to going fresh, but the food was not. The food now mm. is extraordinary. It's excellent. It's just wonderful food. Our clients refer to this as food food. We don't want food products. We want a food food. When we first um, came into this building, we joked that this the whole genesis of this was a potato. It was sort of the, the breaking point for our board our clients were asking for potatoes, so they would like a potato, just a lumpy thing. It could be brown, it could be white, it could be red. They don't care, just a lumpy thing. And when we talked to our vendor, they said, well, we'd have to see if we could find a product. We didn't want a powdered thing, a liquid thing, a pearl thing. Just get a lumpy thing and bake it and give it to our, oh, no, we couldn't do that. That's it. Um, so millions of dollars will be spent so people in Sheboygan County can have a real potato. And they get real potatoes all the time, I promise. All kinds <laughs> well, of real food food. That just makes so much sense because there's food that will keep you alive and that's great. But then there's food yeah. that also nourishes your soul. And yep. and that's so so much more important, particularly for those who who are in need. You know, it's not just a matter of here we're doing this to to help sustain you, but yeah. And, and that was my misconception about meals on wheels, you know, before it's just like, yeah, it's a good service, you know, but I, I yeah. didn't know, you know, the food, you know, I just kind of oh. thought like, well, it's a, it's a tinfoil thing that is no. sent out, you know, but and then, then I saw all. fresh, I saw fresh tied <laughs> to, to your title. I'm like, oh, okay, well that means a little bit more and, Something, and maybe, yeah. And that, that, that little bit more is also like what you're doing with, with your facility and your grounds. And, uh, can you tell us a little bit about the program that you've done as far as growing your own food? So again, when we decided to go fresh and we were really looking at what other programs around the country were doing, and there are over 9,000 meal programs in the country, we are the first one to go fresh. Um, mm. People just were not feeding people food food. They were ordering frozen blocks of sodium and fat <laughs> and then kind of thawing it and heating it up and carving it out. It's just gross. <laughs> um, so as we started thinking about, well, what would we actually like people to eat if we we could serve them whatever we wanted. We wanted them to eat what we were feeding our families. I mean, you go to the farmer's market on Saturday, you buy some stuff, and then you go to the grocery store and buy some other stuff to go with it, but you try to eat things that are fresh. It's not that hard in, in where, where we live in Sheboygan County. We are inundated with excellent foods, not just cheese and sausage. We have farms everywhere. There's so much great food here, orchards everywhere. So we wanted to be able to somehow leverage that abundance um, and, and we were able to do so. Once we shared that story with local growers, they, they were like, well, it's a really good idea. It seems, it seems 
like a good idea to grow a tomato in the backyard rather than shipping the thing in from California. It just makes sense. Besides the carbon footprint piece, which is really important, but it tastes better. It's just a better deal for everybody. So that's what we're doing. We're growing food here. We bought this facility um, and then totally gutted it. And then we bought a bunch of plots of land around here. There are little weird trapezoids of land that we just kept buying mm-hmm. up as we could. So we have all these little weird trapezoids and there's raised beds all over the place. And then one of our corporate partners, WPS, said, hey, we've got all this land over here. You want to do something with this? And I was like, yeah, sure. And yes is always <laughs> the answer here. Just say yes. Just say yes and figure it out. God will smile. We'll figure. So we built um, this huge raised bed garden there. Um, and it just it continues to grow. We have um, orchards all over the state growing for us. Um, the furthest food has been uh, delivered to us from has been Georgia. Peaches. Farmers found out about us. So food is wow. coming from all over the place. For those of you who aren't from Sheboygan, we are right in the middle of the country on the Great Lakes. And uh, food will food will come here. Farmers appreciate our mission. Um, we also made it a point when we first uh, moved into this place to invite farmers in when they had time, which is something they don't have a whole lot of. Mm. But come and see what we're doing with your food. Look at how we're not wasting. This is what it's, it's not coming to my house. It's going to our clients. We're, we're cooking the food. If we have excess, like 4,000 pounds of carrots and you can't store all of those, then we're processing them so that we can use them throughout the winter. And that's what we do. Our clients are eating really good food. A lot of it growing right here. It's, it's beautiful. It is beautiful. We are That's blessed. Fantastic. You said that you're really piloting this concept. Other organizations have to be interested in this. So have you kind of written like a playbook? <laughs> We've had a number of people copy us. So um, initially, you know, when we did our plans, we were so careful about our 15-year business plan, blah, blah, blah. Oh, whatever. I mean, that thing was crazy within three months. But what we, what I never expected I'd be spending my time doing was being a tour guide. Oh, my God. I mean, there would be days I'd have two tours here. People were literally coming here on tour buses. They're like wow. having charter buses to come here and look at, oh, look, at there's carrots and potatoes. Can you imagine such a thing? It's like, oh, my gosh. So one thing that's happened with COVID, our building uh, lockdown. Um, so we don't have tours right now, but the, the tour thing is, is just a stitch. And we have been copied by many programs around the country, which is wonderful. It's also, I think, excellent stewardship of the many dollars and in-kind donations that made this place work. I think our donors are happy to know that their gifts had legs. That goodness is just spreading, which is really neat. Yeah, that that really is cool. Uh, that's It's fun. It's so surprising that it's only been 10 years and you guys were the first. It's like, doesn't seem I, like it's that long ago, but. <laughs> no, I was young when we moved in here. It's been a while. It's been 10 years. This has been a, it's been a, an interesting 10 years. We've faced all sorts of challenges. I think um, I have always referenced this as a stone soup place. Um when we decided to go fresh, it took a couple of people to say, well, maybe she's not insane. Maybe that board isn't nuts. Maybe we'll do something, just a little bit. Somebody would do a little bit, and then somebody else would throw a couple more gallons of something in. And all of a sudden, we have this gorgeous, gorgeous program that's producing so much good. 
And all of that goodness served as a seed so that we could do even more good things in our community. We now uh, partner with um, healthcare facilities. We have nurses and pharmacists going into homes. There's all sorts of mm. excellent things going on as a result of sort of that potato. It's pretty mm. neat. Yeah. We, we mentioned that a little on the front of the show as far as the things that happen when you get to know someone, you go to their door, and one day they seem a little off, and then how you can help with, with some of that with um, and the people and the wellness checks and the things that yep. uh, those people do that they deliver. Also, we were involved a little with the Alzheimer's. Um, we talked, we mentioned that a little bit on the front of the show, your involvement with that organization trying to have people recognize what, what they're like and, and how they go through their day. There are, there are so many hidden needs in our community, and there's a lot of misconceptions about uh, meal programs in general. I think, Justin, you had some. Um, I will tell you right off the bat, our youngest client so far was six years old, and the oldest mm. was 107. Um, we, we feed people, this program is not a government program, we feed people who have an inability to obtain or prepare the correct nutritional food. We don't take the place of a food pantry. Um, Every once in a while, we get guys who look like you two, and they're saying, you know, we're really sick of going to, for, to Subway for subs for lunch. Why don't you bring us some food? Yeah, no, we're not here for you <laughs> either, actually, not at this point yet, but we will feed people in need, and um, the numbers are staggering, and they are sad. Better than 40% of the people we serve have some sort of cognitive impairment. Usually, it's related to dementia, and then usually to Alzheimer's. Uh, 60% of the people we serve will tell you they're hard of hearing, which tells you a whole lot of people we're serving are lying. So most of them are hard <laughs> of hearing. So it just um, so when we moved into this facility, people, if you could see our building, our majority of it is our kitchen because that's really the, the, the crux of the whole thing. But we also have offices here, individual offices with doors that close. And people said, well, why didn't you just get some big open plan thing? It'd be friendly. Like, yeah, no. Um, each of us is in our own office yelling on the phone to people who cannot hear because we don't want them having to talk to machines, which they don't understand. So all of us are you know, talking. <laughs> it works out, though. It is, it is a way to treat people with respect and kindness. Um, and it's the way we hope to be treated ourselves. Mm-hmm. Well, that's key right there. And it, like a 101-year spread between the clients. Yeah, um, yeah. That, that just means that you have to probably have some accommodations for different dietary needs. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. So many. Um, we, we have a registered dietitian on staff. We are very science-centric here. Very science-centric. Um, there's an awful lot going on with special diets here. And I think that's important. In, in many meal programs, the deal is, oh, wow, bummer, you're on dialysis, you need a renal diet. Here's a list of nursing homes. Bye-bye. You go. Take <laughs> care of it there. That's not the way it works in this county. We treat people with kindness. We try to help people stay home as long as they safely can. We, we took care of that special diet thing a long time ago. But we realized, though, that that's not really enough. I like to eat what I like to eat. I like to choose what I eat. Um, so one of the things that we did... Um, especially in conjunction with those uh, with the Alzheimer's Association, as we developed these really cool choice menus for our clients. Um, people get to choose what they want to eat. Um, you can see this photo. This is a really colorful, beautiful photo. Great yeah. food photography, great styling, uh, food styling. We, we put some resources into this. And we did that because we know that people, particularly with Alzheimer's, have a hard time dealing with words at a certain point. 
chicken and beef don't necessarily mean anything to them, but I can point at that picture of whatever that is. Um, I think today it was a, actually it was their favorite meal of all. It was, a, you could choose between a brat or I think a, a veggie burger or a turkey burger. Anyways, it was sort of a picnic-y kind of day. You could choose whichever one looked most attractive to you. Um, tomorrow, I think it's turkey tetrazzini and lemon dill tilapia or something. Um, and we use farm-raised fish here too a lot locally, um, raised fish. So, But we're giving people the respect they deserve, letting them choose what they want to eat. And I think that's even more important than the special diets. But those cool menus, people will say, well, that's just great for you, but what about my mom who's diabetic? That works for her too. Our registered dietitian makes sure that your mom who's diabetic is being treated with as much respect as I would be on a general diet. So it's important. That colored menu has gotten a lot of attention as well, right? I mean, there, yeah. there was other People organizations are... saying, what, what are you doing? And you're offering choices. My gosh. Yeah. It's... I, I think once in a while we annoy other people. <laughs> Not too bad. I, this, this has just been a godsend. Our clients love these menus. Their families love them. There's sort of a, a sense of relief, I think, for family members when they first um, start their parents on the program. Well, we heard that Meals on Wheels was nice, sort of like what Justin heard, but the food, eh, they're thrilled with the food. The food is so good. I will, just one little quip. When Before we had... Fresh in front of our name, we would spend probably a good two, two and a half hours every afternoon answering the phone to people complaining about our food because it was horrible. It was absolutely horrible. We don't get that. We don't get that at all anymore. We have people asking for for recipes. Could you give my daughter that recipe? I mean, it's <laughs> food. It's really good food. It's cooked well. Having a menu and being able to select your choices, uh, that just makes you feel human absolutely and makes you feel bring a sense of, of normalcy and not make you feel like you're you're a burden or you're you're some kind of charity case so that you should never feel as though you are less we don't yes. want anybody to feel as though they are less than that's certainly not the case um, these are our family members and our neighbors and we take care of them as well as we possibly can we're constantly evolving constantly but it's fun. I forget how. What are the numbers per day or per week that you typically are serving? Um, prior to prior to the pandemic, we were feeding I don't know, 275 to 300 people a day. Some of them got one meal a day. Some of them got two meals a day. During the pandemic, things got kind of screwy. And initially, um, we had really good pandemic plan, emergency plan in place. And we put that into effect right away. And one of the things that we were concerned about is what happens if we get sick? What happens to the people we serve? Some of them have family members, but many of them don't. They are really going to be out of luck. So we, not knowing what the trajectory would be of the pandemic, our kitchen started cooking up to two, 3,000 meals a day and just horsing them through. We have a couple of blast chillers, so they're flash freezing meals. We were getting 10 days worth of food frozen to clients' doorsteps as fast as we could in case we had to shut this place down. We ended up not shutting down. We had a number of people, oh, quarantining, blah, blah, blah. But God smiled. We got to keep the doors open. But we really had this horrible fear that we would have to shut down. So we know that our kitchen can produce a few thousand meals a day. Now we're feeding, I don't know, like 340 people a day. That's going up to, I think, 410 people 
And we've also been asked to prepare meals for a couple of our surrounding counties too. So we know that our numbers will go up significantly. Um, and we have the, the resources to do that. We're blessed. You know, our show is about food service and uh, that is that is something I don't know if people fully understand. You're, you're, you're total food service. I mean, the amount yeah. of meals you're making a day for people, you, so much you're food. legit. It's, You've got it's, a lot of stuff. It is absolute crazy. So we've had people out, you know, having to quarantine, all of that sort of stuff. So everybody in this building has, has taken a turn in the kitchen. Personally, I like our dish room. Of all the silly things in the world, <laughs> I've never worked in a restaurant in my life or a commercial kitchen other than volunteering at Lambo for my kids' school a couple times. I've never worked in a commercial kitchen. Our dish room is killer. I love it in there. There's beautiful <laughs> windows. It's bright. It's cheerful. The equipment is top-notch. It's like, well, that's fine. I can do that. They don't let me do anything skilled, real highly skilled, but they trust me with the dish room. <laughs> well, the nice thing is you're not bothered by emails or phone calls. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, you just, it's kind of zen, you know? <laughs> yeah, it is. It really is. It's it's peaceful. <laughs> Justin, if you, if you think about all the chefs we've had on the show, and, and so many of them talk about doing that sometimes, and that's what it is, Kelly. It's you go mm-hmm. into that space and no one's talking to you. You're, you're away from your phones. You've got a, you know, just a quiet time to yourself, and, and people really find that as um, one of their favorite places to work. Yeah, it's very much cathartic. so. You, you have a task, <laughs> and you can see the end results yeah. instantly, yeah. and it's just like, yeah. oh, that's so rewarding. It doesn't happen <laughs> often, but it's kind of neat <laughs> no. to have all, all that yeah. stuff is nice, clean, tiny yeah. pile. Like it. So, so now the tr- the unique part of your food service operations to to many others, but I, I guess in today's world, catering is becoming even bigger. But mm-hmm. the the way you get the meals to to your clients, you have right. volunteers, an army that shows up. Sort of, yeah. we do. So we have about fourteen hundred volunteers. At the start of the pandemic, we reduced the number of people of delivering meals. Again, you're looking at our emergency plan, and our our pandemic plan is is tight and we are a healthcare organization. So that pandemic plan is really strict. We no longer have volunteers using their cars during the pandemic. We have delivery vehicles. So we now have a fleet of vehicles. Another thing I never expected to, to manage in my life. We have a fleet. So um, we have a fleet manager, we've got all this stuff, but um, each, each set of volunteers and there's two volunteers in a van and they hit the road and um, it takes Um, anywhere from one to two hours to get these routes done. We have become um, so prevalent in rural zip codes here. What we found in our county, people are always talking about food deserts and they're usually talking about urban areas. In our county, it's rural zip codes. What happens is, oh, I I live on the county line and nobody will bring me food and and we're getting that from the surrounding counties too. Nobody will come to us. We're going to come to you. You deserve to eat, even if you live in a rural area. So it might take an extra 15 minutes just to find you. I, I grew up in this community, and I'm still finding roads where I think you've got to be kidding. Um, <laughs> it's just back of the back of the beyond. But we get out and about, and it works. Did you go to uh, heated carriers then when you went to the fleet oh, uh, yes, concept? Absolutely. We have, we have so many different sorts of things uh, going on um, as far as food uh, carriers go. It depends on the season. Um, in winter, you know, when it's 10 below, we're going to use different stuff than we're going to use in July, obviously. We adapt. We adapt as we need to. Um, as we start looking at serving surrounding counties, we'll be using some easier to stack um, catering boxes and things and stuff will get done. It will get done. Just have faith it'll get Absolutely. done. Absolutely. I you do. Know. I know it. So by the time this, this airs, 
you are going to be on a beach somewhere with uh, a tropical drink in hand. <laughs> yeah, right. Not no, quite. I, <laughs> but are you going to stay close to Meals on Wheels? Or are you going to no. distance yourself? You're, Absolutely you're like... not. Absolutely not. It is inappropriate to hover and to mm-hmm. offer snippets of, that's not the way I would do it. That's, that's not appropriate. That's not how, how you um, enable people to succeed. People have been trained well. Um, our succession plan is tight. And uh, now they get to do their thing. They get to step in and do the thing. And without my uh, offering my two cents, uh, people know my phone number if something goes to heck in a handbasket. But uh-uh. I will say many prayers constantly, but I will not be hovering. That's that's fantastic. So Kelly, through your career um, mm-hmm. and and your nonprofit, you have your donors, you have your corporate donors, mm-hmm. you have your, yep. your citizens. Uh, any advice you'd give to maybe another um, person in your position listening, how to manage those donors or the things you've learned throughout the years? I know always say yes is, is probably a pretty good start, but um, is there anything you could give for advice for these people? Yes. Don't be sleazy. Really, just don't be sleazy. I think the, the, um, the industry, the development industry um, is rife with people who are sleazy, but it really is an honorable an honorable profession and it should be treated as such. Donors are not vending machines. We don't push buttons and cash does not spew out. These are our neighbors and our friends and our supporters and that's not the way we treat people. There's a lot of um, good manners in play here and that's been sufficient to get us forward quite well. Do you ever have uh, anything about how do you balance them? I mean, if you've got some donors that are very headstrong on say one side of the aisle or in a, a thought or a belief, um, how do you manage all that with other donors? Or does that ever does that not come in? Are people just generous to the cause yeah. and that's where it ends? I, I think this sort of takes us back to the start of our conversation. We were talking about farmers in the Bible. People tell us that they are supporting Meals on Wheels, whether they're volunteering or, or uh, supplying, supplying cash or in-kind donations because it's a reflection of their faith. This is the way I was brought up. I was taken to Sunday school. This is the way my parents and grandparents raised me. I am helping you because you're helping people like my mom and my grandma, and maybe you'll help me someday. Um, it's really all about values. We don't we don't argue about those values at all. I mean, I haven't found anybody who wanted to tell me that grandma should starve to death yet. Um, <laughs> maybe they thought it, but they weren't brave enough to say it to my face. I don't know. Uh. Yeah, one thing that I that comes to mind, and profit margins are are often so thin for mm-hmm. for restaurants and and other food service companies. When you guys aren't in it for profit, portion control and where you can save money has got to be all the more important. Is there any type of equipment? Now I know you don't spend a lot of time in, in the kitchen, but I'm sure you've heard plenty of things about different pieces of equipment that that make a difference in standardizing. Uh, portions or processes that really help you to track your bottom line. Sure. But before we get to that, let's just throw out that myth that nonprofits don't make a profit. Um, that's well, not okay. true. That's, that's true. A nonprofit is run well, it runs in the black. This one has been run in the black for 23 years that I've been here. I will tell you that 15-year business plan we had, we kicked that thing to the curb because we went out of, we um, didn't have any debt. We planned to be in debt for 15 years. It took six years to pay this off. We mm. operate well. Um, many nonprofits operate like cutting-edge businesses, as they should. If they are, 
receiving the generosity of the community. They better get their act together and deal with it well. So we we do not operate um, in the red. That's a that's a real sticking point here, but. <laughs> As far as equipment goes, I would like to discuss some of this equipment. I'm holding some stuff on my lap here. You can see this. I Again, I'll go back to the start of our conversation. When we were given the gift of the Volrath catalog, I couldn't believe it. My great-grandpa worked at Volrath. He worked at Volrath, and I'm still using those mixing bowls, as is my daughter. Mm-hmm. When we got that catalog, I thought, oh, my God, I have to pick stuff carefully because people are going to be using this stuff for the next six generations. This isn't going <laughs> to ever die. This stuff, once you have it, it's forever. It's just amazing. So that was really cool. If you're a Sheboygan County kid, you get this. It's like, oh, yeah, you wear that thing as a helmet. I mean, it's going to survive everything. And that's what this stuff is. It's fantastic. It also cleans really easily. But, yep, our kitchen staff is um it's just cutting edge. It's high end. We hire higher than any commercial restaurant around, um, any food service place around. We pay more. We expect more. Um, everybody in our kitchen is served safe certified. We are not messing around. Um, number of interesting degrees in our kitchen from chemistry to um, uh, an RN, just really interesting folks. But because we do have such complex special diets, the most important thing we have to do is make sure our clients are safe, that we're not giving them more or less of, of whatever it is. Um, we, we can't um, impinge on their health in any negative way. So portion control is a really huge deal. So these guys, these spoodles are the best. Again, since I've now taken my turn at washing pots and pans, I can tell you these are cool. These things clean out the corners of the, of the pans. They're wonderful, but the portion control is spot on. If somebody says to us, well, I know that my mom probably isn't going to get enough protein. It's like, yeah, yes, she will, because we have it measured down to a T. The other thing that we use great gobs of are these these guys. Um, um, dishers. Yep, absolutely. The number one favorite food for our clients is meatballs. And our staff makes a variety of different kinds, whether they're Swedish or Italian or fancy holiday ones or whatever, but they make them from scratch. And we have a great local meat market around here, Miesfelds. And so mm -hmm. we're using great quality meat. We have this massive Balrath mixer that's just a beast. I mean, you could fit a small child into it. It's huge. <laughs> um, so they put in hundreds of pounds of meat and all kinds of fresh herbs and stuff that they're growing in our greenhouse and stuff. And they make incredible meatballs, but they use these serving guys to, to make those balls. They'll make thousands and thousands of them, fresh, flash freeze them, and then they can pull out, you know, I need a thousand today and blah, blah, whatever tomorrow. Um, so we have them, but this is, these guys are just a wonderful thing for volunteers to come in our kitchen and help us making balls. Um, probably the most um, well-known group of people who come into our kitchen and make balls are the the police chiefs in our county, the sheriff and the police chiefs from all the local communities, we will have them come in and make balls. Um, they'll make little cookie balls and they'll make big meatballs. And the, the guys who've been around for a little while, you know, been on the, their departments for a while, will say, well, we're the big ballers. So those new guys, you can have the little ones, little ballers. So yeah, a little bit of Meals on Wheels humor there for you. But yeah. Do they ever turn into like a competition, you know, like who can who, who can crank out the most or, you know. There's, the, there's, maybe a, there's maybe a little bit of talking back there, but yeah, it's fun. <laughs> it's fun. It's a, you know what, it's a happy, friendly place and we can't wait till the stupid pandemic is over and we can have more people back. 
We do still have guest chefs periodically. Uh, Chuck Miesfeld was just in our kitchen doing all kinds of stuff. Um, his chef, Clint, was in. It's nice. Rich, you've been in our kitchen cooking. We, we'll get these high-end folks, people from Sargento, will come in and uh, get something prepared for our clients that's just extra special. And we call those magic meals. Um, they are not on our regular menu. Every once in a while, um, a donor would say, gosh, it would be neat if people could have, you know, whatever. Uh, we've had bacon-wrapped filet mignon, all kinds of interesting stuff. And then we just say, ta-da, magic meal day. <laughs> the clients are just thrilled. Um, they don't get charged magically for that meal. They, it's just a magic meal. It's fun. Yeah, those those special meals. I think they 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 kind of even though your menu is is so good at changing over. How often do you change the menu? Is it a cycle of how many weeks? I forget mm-hmm. now. Yep, it's it's um, right now. It's this. We've got three cycles a year, and um, they switch things in seasonally as well. And I mean, Rich, your dad was one of the people who helped us seasonally. When we first moved into our kitchen, Mr. Rupp was in our kitchen, and it was when I first realized I'd never, ever wanted to work in a kitchen. I think he had like 80-some turkeys lined up, and he was just in <laughs> heaven. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. It was just, <laughs> it was a was a lot of dead birds but anyways yeah, yeah a lot of holding <laughs> yeah, out turkeys and <laughs> making stock i know he talked a lot yeah. about that oh, day too he, he loved it he thought that was fun he, he loved uh uh making scratch cooking showing people you know and oh, yep. working in that mm-hmm. kind of environment so yeah our staff liked learning from him too and, and that's one of the things we've tried to do over the years is bring in people to teach to teach our staff we've had meat school spice school herb school. I mean, there's, there's been so many different folks in here who have expertise in these areas and they're, they're willing to share. It's really cool for our staff because they're pretty competitive. So if somebody's listening and, and they want to help, what's the, what's the way that you would recommend they help in today's world? Is it, it's, I guess it's not showing up at the front door and offering their services. It, it's, it's how, how can they get involved? Go to our website, go to um, freshmealsonwheels.org. Um, we have a rotating list of things going on here, what we need help with, um, people to deliver meals. Um, our volunteers are high end too, just like our food and our equipment. Our volunteers are high end too. They all need to go through a background check. Um, we're making sure that the people who are going to your grandma's house are safe or they're not going out at all. That's just the way it is. Um, we're, we're quite careful. Um, the people who are working in our kitchen, um, who will help us with packaging and stuff will have volunteers who help with that. Um, our facility is masked. Um, we are very, very careful. Um, it takes a lot of dollars to keep this place running, and we're always appreciative of gifts as well. And if you can grow, holy cow, check our website. <laughs> People often have the idea, oh, you work with the elderly. How depressing. Absolutely not. This place is a hoot. This is a lot of fun. Um, and as I wrap up my career, um, I have been challenged to to think about my time here, and what did I think? What how, how has it impacted me? And I will say that there really has been the unmitigated joy of being able to help build a thing that needed to exist. Um, this needed to be here. It just did. Well, and as part of the community, we thank you for what you've done and put together there. It is, I brag about it all the time. I tell people you, you don't even understand the quality of meals that these people get in our community. They are, they are blessed. And thank you for all you've done 
for that. Thank you, sir. That, Thank that. you so much for being part of this growth. You made it a joy. <laughs> Someday maybe we'll have a drink and we'll talk about the whole planning process for this, which was a hoot and a half. So. <laughs> sure. Thank you. Would Thank love you it. so Absolutely. much. Thank you both. Kelly. One thing before, as we as we talk about, um, again, thank you for, for joining us today on this. It's really been a pleasure. Um, and is there something that um, throughout your career or you have some uh, quote that you've read or uh, um, something that you use that inspires or, or drives you at a certain level you could share with our listeners today? There's so much. There's so <laughs> much. Um, Rich, you've known me for years and you know I have a sense of humor, uh, fairly broad sense of humor yes <laughs> um and i but i will tell you i also i i rely on prayer that's the only way we've gotten through here i would have quit immediately because too many of the things here were just too impossible um i have tried really hard to remember that it is a joy to be able to help people um and what a, really what a blessing this place is so cool um i've been blessed in this community is stellar yeah so Thank you. Well, we, we talked, and, and thank you so much for joining us today. And, and um, again, I can't say it enough how um, lucky we are to have you and, and wish you the best in your retirement. Thank you. And hope wait till you no- meet the next one. Awesome. We can't wait. All right. Thank you. Thank you so thank much, Thank you so Kelly. much, gentlemen. Take thank care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Uh, well, I told you, Justin, uh, Kelly, is uh, she was the right person for the job, for sure. And, <laughs> and she has taken Meals on Wheels in Sheboygan, fresh Meals on wheels. Right, right. You were not lying. Yeah, that's no. it's incredible. From ten years ago to where it is now, that's incredible. And and the fact that it's more or less a pilot program that that other people are are just blatantly copying because it mm-hmm. is so well run and it, it's and they've been able to adapt and adjust and, and grow to what they are now. I'm I'm, I'm thoroughly impressed with you know with what one thing that we didn't get to with Kelly and I. Um, I had planned to, and I just didn't catch it on my notes. Was the the way that the board helps there? She mentioned a couple of board members, Chuck Miesfeld being one in our area, and other business leaders that that help and sit on that board with her, and really give their hearts and souls to that organization. There's been some longstanding members on that board that uh, it, it's just to see those people put their hearts and souls into it, and the and the same with Kelly and the whole staff over there, really. I always said it makes me feel good to be there. I always liked mm. being in that building. It made me feel good. The foundation is is positive energy, so it's hard yeah. not to feel good in an environment like right. that. So. You knew what, the, what they were doing. You knew the, the the care that went behind it, and it was just it was a good feeling to be there and see it all mm. and be a part of it. So very good stuff. So, so Justin, now, so as as the show is, you know, we we've ended ours part of the show, and I I, I really appreciate the fact that we have Nate on with us because when we're in the 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 show and we're talking with our guests, we're focused on them and our conversation. It's I think it's just a little bit harder to, for us to wrap the show someday. So since we've got our good friend Nate with us again, uh, who does such a good job of that, we're going to bring Nate back on. And Nate, can you give us the wrap up for today's show? It would be my pleasure, Rich. So thank you for giving me the opportunity as always. And I think Justin and you hit it on the head when you were t- discussing the positive vibes and the positive energy that surrounds Fresh Meals on Wheels. The The lesson, and I'll keep it short and sweet this week, the lesson I took away from our conversation with Kelly, there is an enormous difference between wanting to do good and actually doing it. And the legwork and the effort and the energy, a lot of people mean well, 
Very few people do well. Kelly and her team do well, and they do good in the community. And that positive energy, like the instance with the dietary restrictions you guys talked about, where, oh, well, your loved one's on dialysis? Well, tough luck. That's, that sucks. It's awful. Too bad. We feel terrible, but there's nothing we're going to do. That's not at all how Fresh Meals on Wheels approaches that situation. The po- they use their positive energy to come up with solutions for people who really need them, people who really depend on them, and to do real good in the community. And I, I just, to me... Um, this just this show just solidified in my mind. It's easy to forget that good thoughts and good intentions only take you so far. It takes a special person and a special group of people to turn that into action. And I love when we get to talk to people like Kelly who turn it into action. Very true. All right. Well, thank you, Nate. As always, great job on kind of putting the bow on it and putting it all together for us as, as you do so well. Thank you. Justin, any last words today? Most definitely, I would like to remind everyone to click that subscribe button so that you never miss another moment with a chef or food service industry professional again. And while you're at it, if you'd also take the time to share with a friend what we have going on here, let them know that you genuinely appreciate the conversations that are happening here. Very good. As I always say, please, everyone, please just let us know what you think. If you have an idea, thought, things you'd like discussed on the show, please reach out to us at volrathfoodservice.com slash the feed and just let us know what you think. We'd appreciate it. So signing off, my final thought, if you did everything as if a customer were watching you, you'd know you'd be doing it right. That's it for today, everybody. Thanks again. Till next time, take care.